Hello folks, we're going to talk about the cold weather today on this podcast. Um, I think it's the 4th of January, I think's the date today, 2022. And yeah, up in that north country where I'm from, up in Idaho, uh, there's, there's a lot of cold, cold weather, you know. Ethan, my boy, was telling me this morning that, like, oh, the other day, yesterday, the day before sometime in the last few days there was a average low temperature in north dakota 46 below zero so that's um probably just a little bit under swimsuit weather and uh down here in texas we've we've had some cold weather uh getting down into the where i'm at anyway in vernon texas into 17 18 degrees at night and then the daytime warms up Oh, you know, I mean, it'll warm up in the 50s or 60s or something. And the other day, it only warmed up to, like, 30. But anyways, um, not not the end of the world. But there's been a real cold streak all across the country here. Um, obviously, anywhere from 40-some below zero to whatever. And a lot of people I've noticed on the social media thing have been advertising how they're so worried about their animals and we gotta put blankets on our animals and and be worried about the colic on your animals and then you know it's it's good to be worried about animals but my bill today I'm gonna talk to you about is is why these animals are more resilient than you think okay now I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on something and if this offends you, um, then that means the shoe's probably fitting your foot. So, um, I really don't care if I offend you. Just keep in mind, you can be mind of me all day. You gotta keep this in mind. That you can hate me forever. Okay? But I really don't care what you think. So, no matter what you think, those are your thoughts and it's not gonna bother me. So all it's gonna do is ruin your life when you hate me for saying this. The majority of the people I see out there so concerned with the well-being of an animal in the cold weather are fat people. Lose some freaking weight, but that means that you have to actually be tolerant and have some self-control if you're going to keep your body physically fit. And I get a chuckle out of it because it's, it seems like the most of the people out there that are so worried about an animal freezing are the ones with the most insulation. These people don't have any self-control. They're the ones that run to the doctor for everything. They're the ones that have to get medication and pills and this and that and the other. And the bottom line is you're eating yourself to death. On the flip side, with an animal, we don't want them to be thin. We want them to be fairly fat now there is a difference between fat and fit like for example a rancher no matter that uses his horse that actually uses him okay now don't give me your bullshit that you use them because the majority of you don't period i dan miller's a great friend of mine up there in idaho and he said to me one day he said how do some of these horse traders keep their horses so fat and i said well they ain't riding them like me and you dan and dan miller will damn sure use a horse he'll damn sure ride one and i told dan i said dan these horses that you use virtually will never get fat they look good they're not thin but they're never going to get that butterball fat because when dan tells you he uses one 
it's not a big deal for him to make a 20 mile circle up in the mountains every day that's just a normal day for him so they're not going to be fat but but when you can keep weight on an animal you'll notice like up in in that northern country even down south here or whatever but when it gets cold the animals that seem to grow the most hair the animals that seem to keep the hair on the longest are the animals that are the thinnest because they need more hair because you're not feeding him good enough um a lot of this you know let's talk about this colic thing just a little bit i seen on social media somebody was going crazy saying we're gonna have 50 degree temperature swings um where i'm from in idaho that was probably damn near every day okay um down here in texas you know like in the summertime for example we'll get to let's just pretend it's 95 degrees in the day at night it's probably not going to cool off in the summer much below 80 maybe maybe down to 75 so you're dealing with 15 to 20 degree temperature swings is all even though the sun's gone and all that and it gets and in the north country like up there in idaho i remember one time i left the ranch in 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 idaho there in downey idaho it was fourth of july weekend and when i pulled out of there it was 39 degrees that morning and it got up to about 95 that day so we were we had a 56 degree temperature swing and that was that was it was kind of a cold morning kind of a hot day those high deserts they do that so when it's cold this is this i'm just gonna tell you what my grandpa taught me whole oats are one of the best feeds there is for horses okay just whole oats and i know here's the reason that whole oats doesn't get the credit it doesn't have all the sugary molasses it doesn't come in a real fancy bag it doesn't have all this other shit on it so barrel racing betty doesn't give whole oats the credit that it deserves because it doesn't have all this freaking shit in it that they really most of it they don't need okay and you're wondering is the horse really getting the nutrients he needs this horse is just a descendant of the animals that have been on this planet for i don't even know how many a million years let's just say because who freaking knows nobody knows it's just bullshit but nobody knows how long they've been on here and if you give a horse whole oats i believe that it'll help him with his colic and his digestion issues um i believe it helps with bone density uh a lot of these horses that have ocds and joint problems and what else they're not supposed to look like a five-year-old when they're a yearling and when we go to these fraternity cells that's how they look because fat and shiny and big cells so they lock them up in a stall and they feed the holy living bgs out of him and then they can't understand why this horse is crippled it's because he didn't grow to develop naturally so my son ethan has a two-year-old coming two-year-old filly she's got long hair she's been running out in the pasture he just got her started she don't look nothing like the fraternity colts the 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 fraternity cell colts that we just bought a month ago she's not as big she's not as slick she's not as shiny and i told ethan i said that's how they ought to look that's how they ought to look not to be thin she's fat she looks good but she's been running out and i said she's gonna stay sound hell how many i would bet you that that at least 50 to 60 maybe even more but at least 50 to 60 of the colts at that fraternity sale don't vet they'll have problems and it's because they've been locked up in a stall and not allowed to grow slowly whole oats 
are a really, really good thing. So if you've got a Colt with, say, a cyst on a stifle and it could possibly turn into an OCD, the worst thing you can do is take him home and put him in a stall and take care of him. The best thing you can do is take him home, turn him out, feed him grass hay and feed him whole oats. He's not going to look as good in a month or two, but he'll still be fine. Feed him whole oats, let him run around, let those bones kind of slow down in their development, and that will help. If he has OCDs, then it's probably too late now, but you can probably not make it go worse. That's just what I think. There's no science behind this. This is just what I think. My grandpa always fed whole oats, and I asked him why, and he said... You know, it's good for bone and foot development. It's healthy. And he said, you know, like corn is for cattle and oats are for horses. Okay, Grandpa, I can, I can, I guess I can see your, your reasoning behind that. So, um, people have gotten in the way of this. Like when, when you want to talk about feed and we talked about all that other fancy feed and stuff, not really being the best thing for them. Well, you're gonna not what you're gonna do is you're gonna be persuaded by feed salesmen to go the other way on that because if you don't buy his fancy feed he goes broke so he's gonna tell you that you can't just feed hay and oats it doesn't work well in fact it can as a matter of fact my feeding regimen is this i feed alfalfa hay in the morning i do feed cubes at times but mostly alfalfa. I'm not a big cube guy because I think a horse needs long stem forage to graze because that's how God made him. So if I can't get alfalfa hay from my hay guy all the time, which usually I can, occasionally I'll, I'll go to cubes a little while until he has more alfalfa for me. But I got a pretty good hay supplier. Stick with the same guy all the time. So I, I feed alfalfa hay in the morning and then I feed a great big chunk of of grass hay or coastal grass hay down here at night okay and then everything gets a scoop of whole oats and if they're and those are the ones that are working okay and then the ones that uh, that ain't working they just get fed hay but the ones uh and if they're if i'm really trying to put some weight on them i'll feed them the purina impact or or omeline either one i'm a kind of a big omeline fan and and it's basically an old-fashioned feed, and it's full of sugar and all that shit that I just told you that ain't no good. But it does put the weight on them. So if you got one kind of thin, go ahead and go that route. Uh, if you need a little bit more, go ahead and and uh, go the other way. But but these horses now, people talk about blanketing them horses. We don't keep our horses slick, even the ones in the barn. I don't keep my lights on in the barn and I don't keep it all battened hatches down and all that airtight to keep them. I let them hair up a little bit. And the reason why is because a lot of people say, well, we keep the lights on, we keep the heaters on, we, and that's great. But like last winter in Texas, we had a huge winter storm, knocked out power everywhere, power wasn't available. People were freaking out. I'm not worried about my horses freezing to death because they you know i let them hair even the ones in the barn they're not going to be as long haired as the ones outside they're still going to hair up a little bit and that's okay that's just how god made them and if somebody says well your horse isn't as slick as mine at the at the horse show well 
I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm a pretty simple guy. So, um, them horses that are outside, as long as they can get a drink of water and they have plenty to eat, they'll be fine. Um, in that North Country, one thing that, that we used to do is we fed a lot of barley straw. And I believe that barley is a lot better thing to feed than wheat. Uh, barley. I mean, wheat straw, I guess you ain't got nothing else, but I would rather feed barley straw than anything. It's a lot softer. It's better. It'll have just a little bit of grain, but that, everybody says that, that straw ain't no good, but actually that straw can test pretty high. I mean, it can test at 8 to 10% protein, that northern barley straw. So, so feeding good barley straw is a good thing. And, and then, uh, you, when you feed alfalfa hay on top of that, like especially your beef cattle, feed alfalfa hay, feed barley straw. Well, let's say you go down there and like we used to do this, we'd drive down the feed row, um, you fork off a bunch of barley straw and then turn around, go back over and put your alfalfa on top. You can actually cut your hay ration in half, literally in half by feeding damn near free choice barley straw. And they'll go and they'll pick that barley straw up and it'll slow the alfalfa hay, the, the digestion down. Because if you feed a beef cow straight alfalfa, she's just going to shit it right out anyway. So, so that, and it'll bulk them up. And, and, uh, we fed the same thing to horses out that were outside. We would feed them basically free choice on the barley straw and we'd put the alfalfa hay on top of it and it'd bulk them up. And so, um, you don't have to make this too complicated. You know, forage is a good thing as long as, you know, they can't eat nothing but straw. You know, the horses are, they're probably going to gum up. They do got to have, uh, plenty of water. Even in the wintertime, they got to have plenty of water. So, um, and then another thing that we noticed years ago, uh, I had a bunch of horses turned out and there was a foot of snow or so on the ground, but there was still a lot of, a lot of feed. So here, here y'all are going to be mad at me, but I'd, I'd leave them out there picking them broodmares. I'd leave them out there picking and they would, they would paw through the snow and they'd, and this, the grass was even sticking above the snow. I had a pasture that had a lot of grass there. Well, the mares, I noticed one day I went up to check them and they'd been up there in the pasture for. Oh, it was about the end of December up there in Idaho, and I went up there to check them, and there was absolutely no tracks in the snow down to the creek, and they weren't traveling to water. I was like, well, what the hell? But they weren't traveling to water because they were eating all that snow as they were eating the hay it was or grass that was covered in snow or basically getting a drink as they go. And they were like, well, why should I hell, you know, should I walk down the creek when I feel hydrated? So nature has a way of taking care of things as long as the resources are available you know you can't just stick your horse out there in a dry lot and say figure it out and eat snow um but but these animals they're pretty resilient you know so i'm not the best whatever i'm not the smartest i don't know everything but i will tell you that that usually when animals have problems dealing with the weather it's because man has gotten in the way because you're a pussy and you can't understand that this horse is fine. Matter of fact, go put yourself a, a shed row or a, or a loafing shed or something out in the middle of your pasture. And put that horse out in a 10-acre pasture. And see how often he stands underneath that roof. Give him the option to go in or out. 
Even in a blizzard, he'll probably hardly ever be under that roof. He might be on the back side of it to avoid the wind, but hardly ever will he be under that roof. So that they're fine. They're, they're way better off than you think they are. So long as they have plenty to eat and, and keep what you feed very simple. I mean, you know, as long as they got salt and alfalfa, plenty of water. You know, but like I say, we feed alfalfa in the morning, then we feed grass at night. Everything gets a scoop of whole oats every day. If we're trying to pack the weight on them, we use the, the impact or the omeline. So, um, you know, they're they're pretty resilient, you know. And then uh, the the cattle deal, uh, you know, our cows down here, we don't feed them. They're just out grazing. But um, we do cake them a little bit. Um, but don't don't get in the way of it, you know. Don't, don't make it a bigger deal. I mean, they, they're still animals. You know, I know that a lot of people want to put horse blankets on, and that's fine, but if you keep him slick and you keep him short-haired, you're committed to it. So don't get in the mood, and then, you know, it's okay to let him hair up. If you want to put a blanket on him a little bit, it makes you feel better. I guess that's your business. But if you're so concerned about it, why don't you blanket your cows? I mean, you know, maybe if somebody would have decided to ride cows a thousand years ago and, and uh, chase horses on your cows, maybe... Maybe we'd be eating all the horses and saving all the cows. But that's not how it turned out. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't really know what to tell people as far as maybe this isn't what they wanted to hear or whatever, but this is my podcast, and I want to say on it what I think. You know, I think that America needs to be a lot simpler. Um, you know, so the one thing that we've discovered is, is being Texas and Idaho both, over the years is we've taken colts out of the dirty sale that were like 100% slick, shiny, and we took them to Idaho and it was 20 below zero. We kept a blanket on them, kept them in the barn. They started to gradually hair up. They were fine. The horses that were, and, and they, they never had a problem dealing with the colt. The horses that were in Idaho that came to Texas in the summertime, it near killed them. There is no escape from that heat. So, you know, you want to talk about what's really hard on them is when it gets cold, you can feed them more, you can put a blanket on them if you so choose, whatever. But when it gets hot and they just stand there, there is no escape from that heat. None. They can go stand under a shade tree. You can put them in a barn and put fans on them and that'll help a little. But there is no escape from that heat. So that that heat can can damn sure be a lot harder on things than the cold um and after a year or two a summer or two them horses will adjust and and they'll be just fine you know but uh we've discovered that the heat's harder on them than the cold and uh you know but as far as you know that's it takes a lot of land to have a, a a lot of livestock and it takes a lot of dedication um but but, you know, if if you're one of them guys that's driving a brand new truck and, you know, you're one of them people that eats a hell of a lot more than you should and and uh, you're packing around a lot more poundage than you ought to and your horse is standing at home out there with long shaggy hair and a backbone sticking up, it's hard for me to respect that because that means that you obviously don't really care to feed that animal. Hell, if you can't feed him, get rid of the son of a bitch. Don't say it's because you love him because obviously you don't. Okay, get rid of the son of a bitch because he's starving. Let him go to somewhere else that somebody will take care of him that can afford to. Because you obviously, you know, want to eat. And I'm not saying that 
your horse should eat better than you. But if you can't afford to feed both of you, then one of you's got to go. And it makes sense that the horse should go. So, um, anyways, just something I wanted to touch base on during this cold snap. You know, um, I've I've always had a wood stove in my house. Um, every house I've had, I've I've put a wood stove in it, and I love that real heat that just wood burning heat not a fireplace but a real live stove you know because a fireplace most of your heat goes up the chimney but a real live stove that that sits in the middle of the room and just radiates that that real heat that's the best best so when it gets cold like this i like to go outside and work all day and i like to get cold a little bit too it makes you feel alive you know stings and and burns and 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 it makes you know you're you're alive and then you come in there and, and you got the coffee on and you got your wood burning stove going and, and uh I always loved that cold weather up in Idaho in a lot of ways. You know, we've fed cows with teams of horses and and uh, one thing I always loved is my grandpa always said if you if you keep them in straw to their bellies and their manger full of hay, they'll always do you right. And uh when it gets real cold like that, I do like bedding them in straw real deep. However, straw's a lot of damn work too, you know, like the horses in the barn always still kind of got bedded in sawdust. Um, just because straw's just too much work. Um, but everything that was outside, we'd go out there and we'd bust open a, you know, like a big one ton bell of straw and we'd scatter it along for a hundred yards and and them animals would just go lay in it, and it'd be warm, and I'd, it, it, uh, you know. And then you could go in the house and get your chores done, and and uh, go in the house and rest easy, knowing your animals were taken care of. So we never worried about blanketing them when it was a blizzard or when it was twenty below zero, as long as the creek was flowing free with water, and and they had plenty to plenty to eat they were fine so so they they've survived for millions of years without some idiot putting a blanket on them if you want to keep them in show shape then i understand that too but but don't don't ever think that just because you put a blanket on him doesn't mean you can't feed him more because you can and uh but but don't be afraid to you know sometimes it's good but my show horses right now i'm just getting ready to fraternity's over it's the first of the year i didn't go to abilene this week uh it, i'm i'm gonna probably just start working the show string again and getting them ready to go again but i've given them a few weeks off for the holidays and and uh you know and i turned them out literally i, I just i just kicked them right out they could run around the pasture and just be horses the studs still have to stay in because if you're a stallion it's kind of a prison sentence because you have to stand in a in a cage in a stall think about it it's just like a prison cell being in a stall all the time that's a prison sentence if he's any good he's doomed you know if he's a piece of shit and he bucks everybody off all the time and he just stays turned out hell no wonder they buck you off they're smart they figured out i don't want to be treated like a prisoner i want to be free so you know don't be afraid to keep in mind that uh you know sometimes what we do to these horses is cruel you know, it's it's miserable. They can't when they're in a stall. They can't run and move around and exercise and keep warm. They just got to stand there. So so sometimes what you think you're doing, what you think is special, is actually quite cruel. But uh, anyways, I just thought I'd give you all a little bit of 
my thoughts and feelings on how to feed horses and take care of horses and and uh what a, what a person ought to do and uh don't don't be afraid to clean your stalls and keep everything clean you know keep your pens cleaned a clean horse is a healthy horse and when he's running out there in the pasture and the grass and the snow and whatnot he stays clean so anyways i hope that helps you uh kind of a little bit different podcasts than what i've been doing but i just thought i'd touch on this cold weather deal a little bit and just give you my thoughts and feelings on it so every time i think i have something figured out i don't but i do know one thing them old timers were smart and they knew how to do it and they knew how to take care of it so i was kind of stuck to what my grandpa knew and uh that seemed to serve pretty well so hope this helps and uh the wind's blowing and it's cold today and i've just got to work in it anyways that's how it is somewhere on the plains of texas this is scott human god bless you